and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and this is being recorded in Oxford, England. I am, in fact, an American, if you haven't listened before, but uh, my husband is getting a PhD here in Oxford, so um, if you're confused uh, looking at some of the show notes or location notes, uh, it, perhaps in past episodes, um, the reason we talk about Oxford a lot is because that is where we are living at the moment. Um, what I wanted to talk about this week while it was fresh in my mind, and pardon me that this is not going to be very conversational because it's just me recording, but I wanted to take a flight on Iceland Air and then kind of comment on the experience of flying Iceland Air because a lot of people have asked me, uh, but I hadn't actually been. So this time I was headed to the States for my mom's 60th surprise party, so happy birthday, Susie. And um, I needed to fly into Philadelphia, Newark, or New York City are all good airports for me. So this one was flying into Newark. And um, just to talk about Iceland Air briefly, um, some, th- some things to know when you're looking at fares or when you're talking to your travel professional. Um, they have different categories of fare, which do and do not include baggage. I was planning on sending my luggage ahead of time because I had some things that I wanted to take for the party, and I did not get my act together enough for that. So my base fare, which was very good, turned out to be much more expensive when I got to the airport and had to check my bag. Um, I could not do that ahead of time online, so I had to do it at the airport, and that ended up costing me 75 pounds for one checked bag each direction. So if you do the math, that's something like a hundred bucks. So make sure you think in time appropriately uh, what you need to do and plan and wear because otherwise you're going to, you know, I don't like my clothes that much. I should have just bought new ones on arrival. There you go. So the boarding process when you get to Iceland Air, I think needs a little bit of reworking or more consideration and some simple things could probably organize it better. Something like the ABC system that Southwest Air does where you're, you know, in order of priority of when you check in, you kind of get assigned um, a letter. Although in Southwest, you know, you don't necessarily get to pick your seat, but you get to pick it as you, you know, get onto the plane or your your boarding pass, etc. Whereas with Iceland Air, you actually are assigned a seat, but then you, um, you know, there's no like these rows come up uh, and board. It's just, and it's just kind of this crazy mass of people that all get into line and it's, it's very chaotic, the boarding process and kind of the passengers, we were self-policing ourselves to say like, are, you know, are you in line for Iceland air? Should I be standing here now? Because they just kind of open the gates and start calling people that must have priority boarding for some reason up to the front and then they open the gate and kind of just, they're, they're not really announcing. They're just letting certain rows on at a time. So I guess you need, you just go for it, I guess. Um, that was, it was not very orderly and it took a long, long time. Um, but then once we were on the plane, that tended to go pretty quickly. Um, and of note, all of the stewardesses or flight attendants, which did all happen to be women, I don't know if that's part of their policy or just coincidental, but they all were just, I mean, as as the stereotype goes for Icelandic people, they were all tall, beautiful, and blonde. So that was true on this trip. And also they were very nice. 
um, something you can look and listen for, which was, I think, fun because I have an interest in languages. I'm rubbish at them, but I do have interest in learning languages. Um, people that speak Icelandic actually talk on the inhale, which makes for some interesting sounds as they're talking in on the inhale or however that goes. Um, you know, it's, um, that was really frightening. Happy Halloween all. Uh, but they they talk on the inhale, so that's and it's in a, you know obviously Icelandic, which is something like Northern Germanic. It's it's interesting, but they they talk on the inhale. They do that language, and then they seamlessly flip to Western languages such as English, and they all know different languages. And it's their tongues are getting a workout. It's impressive what they can do. And um, anyway. Uh, treat your stewardesses nicely and uh, appreciate their language skills is, is where I'm going with that one. I just threw in the treat your stewardesses nicely because, you know, or cabin crew, I should say, because that's the right thing to do, but also be impressed by their language skills on the Iceland air flight. Um, let's see, uh, really great highlight of Iceland air. They have amazing blankets. They are heavy fleece, like a very, it's not just a lofty fleece, like puffy. It actually has some weight to it. It's a gray fleece and it, and, and it says something about like, we encourage you to cuddle up and enjoy Iceland or something like that, but it's very large. So men will have no trouble having this thing pulled up to their neck, but then also covering their feet. It's a very large blanket. So that is one fantastic thing about Iceland Air. I brought an eye mask because I'm a very light sleeper and with the eye mask and the blanket and I brought a neck pillow, which turns out that I hate this neck pillow. So that's going in the garbage. But um, sorry, babe, it was a really thoughtful birthday present. It's just not right for me. So it's going, which I know you have no problem with me getting rid of stuff. So there you go. Um, Anyway, that the experience with the blankets was fantastic. Um, one other thing I want to talk about is in-flight food service. This is an a la carte type situation. There are no in-flight meals included with your purchase of an economy ticket. It is uh, an off-the-menu type situation, and the menu is it looks very nice, like you would imagine a restaurant, kind of like a menu that would look something like a as far as visual goes, but not contents go. Something like a TGI Fridays or something a little fresher type um, layout of a menu. However, you need to know that they're serving off of the beverage cart. And so to that extent, there's no plating, there's no preparation. It is exactly the packaging that it came in. So for example, I didn't want to eat something heavy, so I ordered this, what was on the menu, this lovely plated cup of olives and hummus with crackers. And then I got it and it was basically like a handy snack and a Ziploc bag, like a green Ziploc bag of olives. It was, I mean, they were tasty, but it was kind of disappointing. I'm going to say that the hummus was on the okay side. It was just chickpeas. There was no tahini in it. So it was not very creamy or smooth as you would want your hummus to be. And then the other thing is that I decided I was cold and the guy next to me ordered vegetarian uh, hot noodles. And I thought that sounds good. Spicy vegetarian noodles. Yum. 
a soup on the flight. Yeah, it was straight up what cost me $4, I think, maybe $6, ramen. It was a cup of noodles. And I, I, you know, first off, I do love ramen, so that's fine with me. But it was just really the presentation from what was on the menu to being handed a cup of noodles was really a little disheartening. But it did the trick. It warmed me up, and, and that was good. Um, let's see what else. Iceland is doing this thing with their layovers, which is really neat. You can do layovers uh, through Iceland that they extend and hold your bags. You, you need to check with your travel professional about this. Um, but basically, if you are on the way to another destination and you take a layover through Reykjavik, you can do so and have kind of a mini vacation where they will give you a pass out into the country and allow you to experience the countryside. Uh, they're trying to promote tourism and truthfully flying in over the country will make you want to do this option and purposely build this into your itinerary. Iceland is volcanic. When you approach the island or the country, the water is black and then you start to get to the coastline and there's a very vivid under the water line of at least at this time of year, which was early October, line of teal, and then the water is crashing into the dark soil on the coastline. It was pretty amazing. And then, you know, you get to the terrain, which was volcanic. There's craters, there's mountains, there's seeming pools of water where they have hot springs, natural hot springs, uh, which you can, you know, I can get, I'm not going to get into the country of Iceland now because it would take too long, but uh, really some amazing things that you can do uh, there as kind of a mini vacation onto your other trip or maybe a nice break. There was a gal on the flight that I sat next to and she actually took her eight hour layover to rent a car and drive around the country. And she said it was amazing. And she went in one of the hot springs and just really enjoyed herself. So consider that and consider purposely flying to this country for a little mini vacation en route to wherever else you're traveling. Um, so let's see. Okay. The airport itself is very small. Um, in fact, there's a duty-free gift shop that takes up just about half of the airport. And we'll get into that in a minute. But what you should know is that you're going to fly into Iceland, into Reykjavik, and there's not necessarily a connecting gate or apparatus that goes onto the airport, into the terminal. Most of the flights are going to park on the tarmac, and you're going to have a very chilly little scoot out into the um, into the shuttle bus. And I came from England, which was about 60 degrees in Oxford, and I was headed to the Philadelphia area, which was about 85 degrees at the time. And I had a sweater on for the flight, but it was just a very shocking experience when the wind hit me when I made my dash from the airplane to the shuttle bus, which is not a long trip, but it is a very chilly trip. And I was there with, uh, there was a couple from down south, uh, from Atlanta. And they said, uh, we just, we never experienced this and they weren't prepared for it. And they were an older couple. And I said, well, let's just huddle. So we huddled together with a couple of the people until we got to the terminal and it was fine. But just be prepared that your flight may not pull up to the building. You may have to take this little chilly trip, um, 
out there. So bring a sweater for sure. Now, once you're inside the airport, um, there are some, there are a number of nice places to eat and get a drink and also the duty-free store. And, um, there's, as far as the bathrooms are concerned, they're upstairs and downstairs that I experienced. I didn't necessarily see an elevator or ramp or anything. So a note about accessibility, I was on our, on my way out I was flying with a gal and I wish that I remembered her name because she was really a charming young lady, professional softball player. Um, and she, she graduated from Boston college, wonderful gal. And she's just kind of like a hulking, intimidating force of nature. She's this blonde, gorgeous gal with beefy arms who also has a heart of gold. And this woman was, ha- we, we, she was in front of us. We were walking to the airplane. And this little old lady was dropping everything and had no idea. I dropped scarf, dropped mittens. Then she dropped her purse, which I grabbed. Then she dropped her, uh, like her carry-on bag, which was a duffel bag and didn't even notice and was just like hunched over trying to get to the airplane. So we just started picking up all our stuff and we cut up to her and asked if she knew she had dropped that. And she said that they promised me a wheelchair and they promised me assistance. And when I got here, they couldn't provide a wheelchair or offer me assistance. And then when we got to the steps, um, keep in mind, this is not attached to the airport. So we are outside and it was not quite flurrying, but it felt very stingy. So this poor lady was trying to get to the stairs of the airplane. And then when we got to the stairs of the airplane, we are now carrying all of her belongings. And she goes to take the step and like, takes a, you know, not quite balanced step and it could have gone wrong, but this gal that I was, you know, had befriended, grabbed a hold of her elbow and said, I'll, I'll help you up. And meanwhile, she's got her bag. She's got this lady's bag and she just, you know, was a fantastic athlete and using her athletic skills for good, if you will, help this lady up to her seat, up to the airplane steps which are, you know, they're big steps. And then she helped her to her seat, got her settled in and then sat down herself. Uh, It was just, so as far as handicap accessibility goes, really, if you have a travel agent, make sure they're doing some legwork for you to make sure that that's happening appropriately. And if not, you're going to need to be calling the airport and make sure that everything is worked out well ahead of time, because this lady did not have a great experience. And that's her story and she's sticking to it. Other than that, I I don't know what her setup was like ahead of time, who she talked to, but she was having a rough time and and had supposedly set that up ahead of time. So just be aware that as far as handicap accessibility goes, this might not be your first choice of destination. Um, I want to talk about the duty-free store. The things that I was primarily interested in, of course, were the weird alcohol and the chocolate. The alcohol I hemmed and hawed over for a long time. I ended up not buying it because it was like seaweed flavored and things. I was like, why am I going to spend all this money for alcohol? That's just going to be a novelty thing sitting on my shelf. I can't see my husband drinking seaweed flavored gin or whatever this was. So if you're super adventurous, like Matthew Walgren, who's been on the show a number of times, he's our foodie, then go for it. But for me, I was just like, no, I'm not going to do this. The other thing I did purchase, which was amazing, I purchased this, purchased it on my way out and I purchased it on my way back to England was Icelandic chocolate. And I know they're not going, growing the cocoa trees, you know, the cocoa there, but however they're processing it, 
uh, maybe it's the water quality. It was amazing. It was so good. I brought it and I wasn't planning on opening it, but then my sister was having a rough day. So I was like, Hey, I've got all this Icelandic chocolate and I brought it for you. And, um, she and I ate a lot of Icelandic chocolate one night. Well, then it was so good. And I already told my kids that I got it. So I had to buy more on the way back and, uh, totally worth it. You're going to need to go to the gym. I'm sure it was very high in calories, but, um, Anyway, Iceland. I don't know if they're known for chocolate, but it's definitely worth taking some home. Um, The last thing I want to talk about is the flight path. If you're traveling in the daytime, I recommend getting a window seat because it just might be the case that you fly over Greenland. I don't think it was our intended route to do that, but we ended up flying over Greenland and I was looking out the window noticing what looked to be tiny icebergs in the water. And that actually was what was happening because we were coming up on Greenland and these were just pieces of ice that had, you know, huge, massive, I imagine they were the size of a car or something broken off and were just kind of bobbing along. And they looked like they were spraying essentially like a whale spout, like misting and like launching things upward. Maybe the water was churning. I don't know. But it was really magical. And then we came over Greenland, which is just, looks like it was just these slurries of ice that looked frozen. I don't know if they were or not, but maybe it had melted and run off at one point and they're frozen and then repeated that a number of times. And And there was like little peaks of mountains sticking out of the top with snow and ice and basically looks like, you know, Elsa had taken up residence there and hung out for a while. It was really cool. Apparently you can do some expeditions on Greenland. I'm not looking to get there anytime soon because that's just too cold for me, but it it was really beautiful. And if you have the option to get a window seat during the daylight hours, that might be something worth doing because it was really stunning to see uh, Greenland coming out the window. Um, I have pictures of Greenland and of the coast of Iceland, which does not do justice to what it actually looked like on the show notes. I also have a a note for um, the city of, uh, not the city of Reykjavik, the tourism for Iceland and for the airport in Iceland for your information if you wanted to see that. And I think that is going to cover everything um, for the experience of flying on Iceland Air. If you had any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. But of course, go to the Iceland Air website, make sure that you are in the know before you book your seat category and cabin class, or else you might be sad when you get to the airport and have to pay for your baggage fees. Um, Again, talk to your travel professional about doing a layover there and some driving in the country, or even the shuttle buses they offer. That could be a really good experience. And until next week, this is Megan Chapa of the Travel Radio Podcast saying, well, good morning.